0: God, good? Amen. Well, hopefully, this morning we will have not only a little fun, but also the Lord will speak to us in a marvelous way. Praise the Lord. Uh, let me just begin. Uh, i give this to you, ma'am. Thank you very much. And can I give this to you? And can I give this? I need that. Can I give this to you, sir? Wonderful. And can I give this to you, ma'am? And can I give this to you? Thank you very much. You'll know what to do with those in a little bit. Ah, Acts chapter 2, verse 37 to 42 And this is reading from the English Standard Version. You see it on the screen. And it reads thus, Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter said to them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off. Everyone whom the Lord God calls to himself. And with many other words, he bore, that is Peter, bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized. And there were added that day about 3,000 people, 3,000 souls. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and the breaking of bread and prayers. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They devoted themselves to to Bible study. Amen. And on Tuesday, this is a test. Yeah, I got a gift card here. If anybody can remember, we memorized the 12 apostles' names. And we said it this way. There's a hint. There are six apostles with the same name. And Michael Jordan is Baptist. So, anybody want a gift card? Anybody remember? Nobody remembers. Wow, I'm stunned. Okay. No, no, we can't do it. So, repeat after me. Wow, no one can get. Okay. So, repeat after me. Simon Peter. Simon. Oh, I thought you. Simon Peter. Simon Zealot. James Alphaeus. James Zebedee. Judas Iscariot. And Judas Thaddeus. Okay, so that's six apostles with the same name. And then Michael Jordan is Baptist. M is for what? J is for what? John. B is for Rump. Bartholomew. A is for Andrew. P is for? Hello. And T is for? Michael Jordan is Baptist. Very good. Just remember that. All right. We'll keep going. Today is a wonderful day. It is a beautiful day. It is a day that most of us who are probably not, do not follow the liturgical calendar, but you're going to learn something new. Oh, man. It went out again. So we'll do this one more time. I think there's air conditioning in here. But this is going to work in the name of Jesus. All right. Who likes chocolate cake? Okay. We'll do it for Peter. Okay, ready? Mm -hmm. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Yeah, dear church. Happy birthday to you. So, on behalf of our church, Peter, you can blow out the candle. Very good. That's yours. Okay. Today is Pentecost Sunday. It is the birthday of the church. It is the birthday of the church. You got to be happy. Woohoo. Last year I was in Romania and I know I can't, you know, I can't outdo sister Kia because I think she had birthday hats on everybody in the church. I, I can't, I can't go there quite now, but. Today is Pentecost Sunday. It is the birthday of the church. Pentecost is a Greek word and it means 50 because it occurs 50 days after Passover, 50 days. Um, it's also called the Feast of Weeks in the Old Testament. And Leviticus chapter 23, verse 15 to 16 tells us that in and basically that, so you may say, well, how does Pentecost and the Feast of Weeks connect? Well, the Feast of Weeks says count one day after Passover, which is one, and then seven weeks equals 50. Are you following so far? Now, if you went to a Jewish person and asked them about Pentecost, they would have no idea what you're talking about because they refer to the holiday as Shavuot. And Shavuot simply means, in the Hebrew, it means weeks. So they're talking about the Feast of of weeks, are you with me so far? And so, uh, and and this this feast of weeks, or feast of the harvest, it is it is a time when uh, back in the Old Testament, where the Jewish people, as an agrarian uh, society, as a society that basically farmed a lot, uh, the wheat harvest was very important, and this was a time when they would celebrate and commemorate the wheat harvest and that's in Exodus 34 verse 22 are you following me so far and and so uh, what you may not realize is that there were three holidays in which every human sorry every Hebrew man was required to show up in Jerusalem if if he was in within a 20 mile radius of Jerusalem had to show up if you were 20 years and older. And that was during Passover. That was during Shavuot or the uh, Pentecost. And that was the Feast of Tabernacles, which occurred around in October. Are you following so far? So what happens is that everybody is, uh, people are coming from all over the world to celebrate Pentecost. It was a time when it's almost like 4th of July. Like Labor Day weekend, like this is the time to vacation, and if I'm going to spend my vacation I'm going to spend it in Jerusalem so all these people are here there, and suddenly the Holy Spirit falls if you read chapter acts chapter uh, two of verse chapter two of Acts verses one to four, the Holy Spirit falls uh, people are speaking in other tongues other languages, and as they come out of the upper room Peter preaches this sermon uh, throughout from about chapter 15 or chapter 11 all the way through chapter 37 and and he says to them uh, get away from this wicked generation and they respond hey what do you expect us to do in response to what you said and Peter said repent and be baptized change the way you think and be baptized and that moment that moment, that day, the church was birthed. That day, the church was birthed. Not at the day when that 3,000 people got saved, but when the Holy Spirit came, the church was birthed. And and isn't it interesting that Pentecost celebrates the important wheat harvest? Are you following me? You cannot have a harvest without seed. You cannot have a harvest without seed. So, the greatest harvest that took place on the day of Pentecost was us, the church. Because Jesus said, I believe it's in the book of John, I, he said, unless a, a grain of wheat goes into the ground and and dies, it dies alone. But if it goes into the ground, it will have a great harvest. So, Jesus dying on the cross and being buried, we are his harvest. That's good news. We are the harvest of Jesus. That one seed of his death is, is, is producing billions and billions of citizens from, for heaven. Praise the name of the Lord. And so these 3,000 people all of a sudden, come to Jesus. Now, can I let you in on a secret? There were no mega churches during that time. We need to get our 21st century mindset out of first century church. 3,000 people got saved, but there was not a mega church. So they had house churches. They had small groups. And the Bible said they continued doing four things. They continued in, once again, they continued in the apostles' doctrine, meaning they continued in the word, which was very important. They continued in fellowship. They continued in breaking of bread, which we did, which is communion. Okay, they They regularly did that. And they continued, and I like the King James Version, they devoted themselves to pray. The word devote is is, is actually two Latin words, D-E, which means completely, and to vote actually is a Latin word which means to vow. (laughs) So they completely vowed themselves to prayer. But this is interesting. They devoted themselves to the fellowship to the fellowship, to the fellowship. And and I want to say that many of us are having problems because we haven't devoted ourselves to the fellowship. What what am I saying? The word fellowship is a Greek word, uh, koinonia, and it actually translated means community. Woo! They devoted themselves to community. This word, koinonia, is also uh, derived from a Latin word, cononios, uh, coin, nonos, rather, and it means partnership. Isn't it interesting? So they devoted themselves to community and they devoted themselves to partnership. We don't call people in this church members. We call them partners. Why? Because every one of us have a responsibility. If I'm a, I used to be a member of a Y, I couldn't care less what they did with the Y. As long as when I went in there, I could use all the equipment. But when you're a partner, you a part owner. It's different mindset. So isn't it interesting that when Jesus came down and died on the cross, he didn't just save Anita. He Saved Anita and brought her into community. Jesus said the answer to this world to destroy the works of the devil, Satan. uh, Devil means liar. Satan means opponent. He said, this is how I'm going to conquer Satan. Upon this rock, are you with me? I will build my church. This is Matthew chapter 16, verse 18 to 19. And the gates of hell will not conquer it. God's answer to the lost is community. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. This is Luke chapter 19, verse 10. It's, now, you're not talking about people who are like, I don't know where I'm going. No. The word lost in Greek, it means, because the New Testament was written in Greek, the word lost is a, is a, is a, Really a strong word. It means means those who have been ruined, those who have been roughed up in life, those who have been hindered, those who have been, as Elder Anita had us praying for the sick, those who have been impaired. Jesus came for you. He wants us to be well in our mind well in our souls, well in our spirit. My wife and I, we were grieving yesterday and praying because I have never heard a season in this life where so many are suffering. Believers are suffering from chronic, deliberating, deliberating. is that word? Yeah. Debilitating. Thank you, Troy. Debilitating. Depression. I mean... Depression that they can't even get out of bed. Jesus came to say, I can rescue you from being impaired, from debilitating depression. Yes, he can. But his, his, his solution is community. Because in community is... Love, yes. the love of God. There's five things community provide for you. as, And and, it, and I like the fact that these five things are also the five love languages. Gary Chapman, if you get that book, it would be a blessing to you. Uh, community provides, number one, it provides treasure. If community provides treasure. If you could show the next uh, graphic. I would... Children, Amen. Is any of the kids here? I know they. Okay, they couldn't. Yeah, I know they came in this morning. Yeah, they came in this morning. But they, uh, they went to Arizona to compete for the National Bible Quiz Festival. They came in ninth place, but that's all right because this is their first year. So to even be invited. But here's the point. They only could have got there because of community. They needed $5,000 to take the plane to get to Arizona. And we asked the community, could we raise the funds? And you all are so awesome that you didn't just simply raise the 5000 You raised almost $9,000. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You say, so what are we going to do for the rest the, with the rest of the money? We're going to send them all to college. No, only kid. Only kidding. Uh, we're going to help them out in the future. Uh, cut their budget next year. Anyways, uh, so <laughs> so uh, community provides treasure. It provides talent. It provides time. It provides touch. It provides words or talk, words of affirmation. And we know in the book, and uh, just give me three minutes, and then I'll let the kids go. Uh, in, in the book five, Love Languages, uh, Gary Chapman says there are people who have different love languages and some people, uh, their love language is gifts. Some people, their love language is acts of service, uh, quality time, physical touch. Some people don't feel like they love until they get words of affirmation. But my point is is that you cannot get these things without community. Are you hearing me? The revelation that the Lord gave me is that you and I will not enter into his rest until we enter into community. Let me say that again. There will be no rest without community. There will be no rest without community. Without community, you will be restless. Uh, Let me see those pencils. People with the pencils, could you please stand? Can you do me a favor now? Could you... Just break the pencil. Just, just break it. Wow. Just that was pretty easy. You may be seated. That was pretty easy. Now, sir, could you come up because you're you look like you're a pretty strong guy? Could you come up here? And if you could sit here for a moment. So it was so easy to snap that pencil, but what if I repaired one of the pencils like this, and then I decided to take that pencil, and I put it in here amongst other pencils, and then I put a rubber band around it, and then I said, come here, sir, you look like a strong man, and I said, all right, break that. tough. Thank you. Thank you. That was good. My point is, is that we used to have a small group for men and we called ourselves the band of brothers. So what happens many times is that life can break you. Life can hurt you. Life can impair you. And as long as you are out there by yourself the hand of the enemy can break your life. But if you are in community and you have loving brothers and sisters around you first of all the enemy has to get through them to get to you. Some of you are wondering, how am I even standing? It's because somebody's praying for you. And when the enemy is trying to break through, he can't because you are a band of brothers and sisters in community. So if you're being snapped like a twig, could it be that you are a loner and you don't have community? Let's pause right here. Let the Sunday school students go. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Jesus' answer for the world was community. Last Wednesday was one of the most powerful Wednesdays I've had. Because my my community, my personal community, one of my, com- I have about at least two communities. So now one of the things I try to do is as a pastor, I try to emulate hopefully the Bible, but also emulate what I teach. There's no sense in me telling you to have community if I don't have community. I really believe that that's one reason why many pastors have fallen or quit ministry is because they have no community. My community is the Cambridge Black Pastors Alliance. I've been a member of that group for over 30 years. And at one time, I'll say for the first maybe 25 years, it wasn't really community, it was more of a group of guys or women who just met. And, you know, depending on how your church was doing, you know, there'd be this, almost this perceived pecking order. You know, those who had the big churches were kind of important. And those who had the little churches uh, did not feel important. Are you following me so far? And, no, everything is based on. Sadly, amongst pastors, everything is based on uh, uh, dollars and fannies in the pews. Okay, sadly, ha- sadly, we've brought the world's concept into the into the body of Christ. But something started to happen when we transitioned our meetings from talking about the business of Cambridge and we started to spend a half hour in the word and in prayer. And all of a sudden, what started to happen amongst these pastors is we started taking a risk. First, it was opening the Venetian blinds. Say, if I, let me let you into My life just a little, so maybe I share. No, could you pray for my sick daughter? You take a risk. Now, you don't say what the sickness is. You take a risk. Anybody understand what I'm saying? And then we took more of a risk. So after building this community, I started hearing things from pastors like, this is the one meeting that if I can't get here, it's because I can't get here. How many? Okay, this is this is this is confession time. How many of you? I'll, I'll be the first to raise my hand. How many of you, you use words like um, "I can't make it today"? When, if there was something else that you had to be to, you could make it. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. We always use that to, hey, no, hey Charles, no, I, I, I just can't make it today. And, and you, we know, it, it's, it's an expression, but literally, we can make it. Mm-hmm. But I found we found more and more pastors saying, even, I had a lot of other things to do but I had to make this meeting. One pastor, this is when I realized we really hit the sweet spot of community. One pastor said, I had such a rough week that I, that I wasn't even going to come to this, but I decided to come because I needed it. And the power of God moved because there was the power of community. So I, I was called Tuesday Tuesday night, and they said, you know, Bishop, we don't have anybody to lead devotions. Could you lead devotions? So I led devotions, and by time now, I'm not I'm not opening the Venetian blinds. I'm pulling up the whole shades. I, I'm opening the window, and as I shared some vulnerability, no, a lot of vulnerability. I heard stories from other pastors that I've probably known for decades and I've never heard these stories of such deep, been in meetings where men would weep and and they would say, I thank God I found a space where I can bawl and you won't look at me differently. Ask the person next to you, do you have that space? Do you have a space where you can be who you are, where you can pull up the shades at night with the lights on and say, This is this is me. I got I, I'm I'm tired of putting on the act. I'm tired of being strong for everybody and I have no outlet to say this is who I am. I am a mess. There is no rest without community. I'm not saying to tell your life to everybody. People have to earn the right to have access to your heart. I love what Bill Hybels said many years ago over the years. Everybody wants to know and be known. When the Bible says that Adam knew Eve, it's not talking about just sex. It's talking about everything. Who knows your vulnerabilities and still have no change of opinion of who you are? And you can't share that with everybody. As a parent, I have vulnerabilities and some of you have little children who, and you have vulnerabilities. You can't tell. Sometimes you can be, mm, Jesus have mercy. This is gonna be heavy now. Sometimes as a parent, you can share things with your children that they're not ready to hear. But because you have no outlet, you share things with them that they're not ready to hear. There's a certain maturity. There's a certain... God will give you the type of community, the type of friends that the Bible says in Proverbs, there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother or a sister. And God will give you that friend if you ask. If you ask. If you ask. (laughs) If you ask. And the thing that's going to be frightening about this, Dr. Charles, is God is probably not going to give you the friend that you want. And that's what's wrong. Mm, This is heavy now. Some of you want certain friends because that friend, you're, you're, re- you're really using that friend to boost your own self-esteem. Come on, folks, you know how it is. If I hang out with the popular people, maybe people think I'm popular. Where well, all you are really is the wart in the population. Because you can't, you can't change who you are. God is saying, I don't want to put you in the popular group. I don't want to put you in a group that's all that all it's going to do is feed the wrong things that need to be fed in your life. I'm not going to allow you Bishop Brian to hang out with the big bishops because it'll feed the wrong thing in your life. It'll feed into well, I need to ha- I was I was in a group of bishops. And they were talking about custom-made shoes. My my yeah my 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 tailor yeah he made this hey, hey yo 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 doc that's what yo doc yeah my my guy made these custom-made shoes about twelve hundred dollars I'll take you to my tailor and I'm standing there saying well my tail is K and G. Bless the Lord, I can get eight suits for that money. <laughs> but I knew what circle I was in, and I was kind of quiet. But the danger of that, Jesus have mercy, is that you can allow that get in your spirit and they say, someday I'm going to have my own private driver. Someday I'll have my Bentley. Someday I'll have, and God's like, huh? Didn't you know that I was homeless? Didn't you know I was spat upon? What, what, didn't you know that whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant? And now we have, you know, look, someday I'll be the big preacher. Anybody have a Bible like a real Bible? No, thank, you know, someday when I get to preach, I, I'll have somebody walk up, and put the Bible for me, and when I'm preaching hard, they'll come up and wipe my brow. And I mean, folks, some of us, we wanted to get into certain communities, and God says, I can't let you get in that community because it'll feed the wrong thing. And there's some communities that you're in right now that's feeding the wrong thing because you're hanging out with a community that you know always complaining girl you think my situation is bad you your situation is bad you should hear mine and 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 everybody in your group I don't know what I don't know what your group saw so don't look at me if i'm if I'm speaking to you it's because it's prophetic I do that, that kind of happens you know you you're with the blues group. The blues group, everybody in your group's always singing the blues. I lost my job. My husband went too. I don't know about me. But what about you? Because the devil. And, 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 and. <laughs> I'll turn to somebody and say, you're hanging out with the wrong company. You're hanging out with the wrong community. Birds of a feather flock together. Turn your neighbor say, neighbor. neighbor, you need to find a new flock. <laughs> Let's all stand. Let's all stand. Pentecost Sunday is about Jesus saying, my answer to this world, world, besides my blood, of course. All of this dying on the cross, all of this shedding of blood, all of this sacrifice is to produce this entity called the church, this organism really, called the church, which is my body, which is community. Thank you, Lord. The Bible says they devoted themselves to prayer. For two minutes, could you just pray for the person next to you right now? Now you may say, well, I'm I'm not comfortable praying. Okay, let me make it easy. Just, Just ask God for things that you would want for your own life. Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. Well, actually, he said, love your neighbor as I would love you. But we can start with love your neighbor as yourself. And so prayer is just simply talking to God and saying, God, I'm asking you right now that you would bless Jamie with good health. God, I'm asking you right now to bless, and I don't even know who you are, so you don't have to tell me who, who you are. No. So I don't know who she is, but I know Lord, bless this wonderful young lady with the type of Career and job that you want for her. Lord, bless her with good health, because I'm quite sure you want to be healthy. Okay, okay, okay. Bless her with good friends. Are you are you following me? Uh, bless her, taking hands out of your pocket. Oh, okay. So you're not married. Okay, so bless her with a good spouse, if that's your will for her. Okay, you don't need to be embarrassed. Just, just, just pray right now. Just pray right now, right now. Just pray. Let's pray right now for the person next to you. They devoted themselves to prayer. The beauty of this moment is that we're not talking to each other; we're talking to God. Today is our birthday as a church—not Pentecostal tabernacle, but churches around the world, big churches with. Hundreds of thousands of people in small churches with only three people. We're all celebrating our birthday, our fellowship, our community, our partnership, our being a part of each other's lives. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We are the family of God because we have the same Father. We are blood relatives through the precious blood of Jesus. As every head is bowed, every eyes closed as I said I only wanted you to pray a few moments because some of you may feel uncomfortable praying longer than that and that's fine but as every head is bowed and every eyes closed if you've never asked Jesus to come into your life then uh, you really can't call God your father you can call him God your creator but you can't call him God your father because Jesus said in John 14, verse 6, I am the way, I am the truth, that is, I am the reality, and I am the life. No man comes to the Father God except through me. That's the bad news. The good news, Jesus says, whoever calls on my name shall be rescued, shall become a child of God. He didn't say whoever joins a church he didn't say whoever joins a religious structure he said whoever calls on the name of Jesus because of what he did on the cross of Calvary shall be saved shall become a child of God shall have eternal life shall be sons and daughters so as every head is bowed every eye is closed if you've never asked Jesus to come into your life yeah you did Holy Communion, you, did, uh, you were baptized, you did a whole lot of other religious things, but you've never asked Jesus to come into your life, the, that's what the Bible says, to ask Jesus to come into your heart, then you're still out there on your own. But the good news is, that's what the word gospel means. The good news is, is that Jesus wants to live in you. He wants to be with you. He, he wants to do life with you. His head's are bowed and his eyes closed. If you've never received Jesus as your savior, and you're saying, Bishop Brian, you know, some something, someone spoke to my heart and this morning and I want to give my heart, I want to give my life to Jesus. As heads are bowed and eyes are closed, you ask him, you say, Bishop, could you pray for me? I will be so honored to do that. I'm not gonna ask you to move from your seat. I'm just asking right now, as heads are bowed and eyes are closed. If you never receive Christ as your Savior and you would like me to pray for you or include you in this prayer, could you slip your hand up high so I can see it? If you just want to make sure if you never receive Jesus. I'm going to put your hand up high so I can see it and I will pray for you. Okay. Make sure, okay. Well, Father, I thank you that everybody here has received you and know you as their Lord and Savior. Unless there's others who are down in the lower sanctuary, uh, we want to make sure that people know Jesus as their Savior. So, Lord, I think the thing that really concerns me is that right now I'm asking you that if there are people in this room, people in the lower sanctuary, people across the street, (laughs) children, if they don't have community, I am asking you in the name of Jesus. We we ask you for so many other things. Help me on a test. Help me get my job. Uh, Watch over my children. Watch over my spouse. But Lord, this morning, we're asking you to bring into our lives brothers and sisters who are friends that will stick closer than blood relatives. And Father, I pray right now that you will open our eyes because some of the answers to our prayers is right in front of us, but we cannot recognize it because our minds are so focused on what we think we need. I pray supernaturally, Lord, that we'll get phone calls or serendipitously we would bump into people that will cause us to say, you know what, maybe this should be this this is the person that you're bringing into my life. Finally, Father, I pray in Jesus' name, as the men are going on their summit this weekend, I am asking you that men will find brothers, that we won't just Hang out, but we but in our spirit, you will say, get this guy's phone number, get this guy's email address. He may be the brother that I'm sending to you. He may be an answer to prayer. And help us, Lord, to take a risk. Help us to take a risk. Open up the Venetian blinds, pulling up the shades. Because some of us have fallen into the lie. The lie that my wife is my only friend. That's a lie because your wife is not a guy. Your wife does not understand what you're going through as a man. So we need brothers. It's a cop out to hide and you are bringing men out of hiding. The call is going forth in the spirit. Adam, where are you? Look at where, I know where you are, but do you know where you are? And that's why I'm calling you out. You need brothers to hold you accountable. You need brothers to encourage you. You need brothers who will speak to you so that you can become the best you that God has created you to be. And sisters, you need sisters. You need friends who you can be yourself with. So Father, I pray that this season on the birthday of the church give your people a birthday present give them friends in jesus name amen